Hello and welcome back to 303 Radio. My name is Ollie, the founder of 303, and today I'm joined by the lovely Jamie. How are you, sir? Good. Um, today's an interesting one, a little bit reactive. We were meant to film this or record this podcast, sorry, about four weeks ago, but we've been busy. We've just done an office move and um, grown the team and onboarded clients and many other things. So we've, we've been busy. So uh, a little bit late, as always, but we are looking to kick things off. Um, I brought Jamie on the podcast today to have a conversation which um, should be quite enlightening i think um but is is very much leading from from a bit of news that's been circulating online um and for all the f1 fans out there will hopefully be quite enjoyable um myself and jamie are quite big f1 fans uh, for those who don't know formula one fans jamie you're a bit of a fan aren't you you like it i am yeah you i was a big fan when i was a child and you've uh like rejuvenated my interest i would say good i mean I knew and drive to survive yeah, I mean, like just purely from a from a marketing perspective, I think Drive to Survive will go down as the best thing to happen to F1 in probably the last in 10 time. years. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, do go look at it because it's been one of those pieces of content online that has very much brought a new audience to Formula One or any kind of major sporting activity. Um, it's really brought in a lot more people, which is, which is great and good to see. Um, I was sort of one of those, but I was getting into it about four or five years ago, so I'm not I'm not a uh, OG fan, but I find it very interesting. Um, so we're going to start here with a certain brand that has has mixed interactions, let's call it, with, with F1, um, and a certain owner of that brand or CEO, um, brand being Rich Energy and the CEO being William Story. Now, there's a lot of controversy here, like a lot, like more than probably any other brand kind of in in sporting or otherwise um now for those that don't know should we should we set the seed a little bit here yeah because the the main reason why we want to talk about this um from our side from kind of 303 and and personally is very much because it's all about a brand and then the personal brand that's attached to, to that brand as an example me and you we're attached to 303 so everything we tend to talk about relates in some way to 303 a bit like um, Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos, those guys have got personal brands that attach them to their main businesses. Not, so, that, not that we're like them. N- no, obviously <laughs> not. I mean, I'm not that intelligent or, you know, that business savvy yet. Mm. Um, so for those that don't know, Rich Energy was started, was actually brought in 2011 in, I believe, Croatia it was originally, but it officially started according to Rich Energy in 2015. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of what the product is, this is the beginning of the controversy because, in theory, it's an energy drink. A premium, a premium British, British energy drink. Yes, exactly. Um, in terms of the brand, Rich in Rich Energy is, according to them, and this is very much, there's not much info here, but it's for Richmond Park, which is very close to us, very close to our offices and both to where me and Jamie live. Um, and, yeah, the brand was bought by Williams Story in 2015, and ever since then, there's been a lot of kind of like, what is Rich Energy? Because I suppose without kind of like painting the obvious, it is a direct comparison to Red Bull. Um, and a lot of the uh, communications that Mr. Story does is directly going after Red Bull, saying that it's a better version of Red Bull, saying that it's going to be a better product. Obviously, energy drinks are heavy on performance, and that's kind of why the link to F1 has really come here. But to start off with, you couldn't buy it for a long time. <laughs> um, in fact, if you wanted to buy it from Australia, bearing in mind it's produced as a worldwide product, if you wanted to buy it in Australia, a £30 case would cost you £85 to deliver, which for anyone who knows anything about direct-to-consumer businesses is, is not the... Uh, it's not the best margin. Not, not the best margin, no. Um, 
so the whole history of the brand and the product is very loose. You couldn't buy it in a shop. You can't go down to your local Sainsbury's in the UK and, and buy it. It's not really available um, that much, but you could buy it online. And now you can actually buy it online quite a lot, but not many people have tasted it. Um, William's story has got a lot of uh, heritage in various businesses in the sporting space. He tried to buy Sunderland at one point. Um, he's been linked to MotoGP, I think. He's been linked to various other sports. Um, very similar to Red Bull as well. Yeah, he's Go got the most diverse like investment portfolio of anyone in the entire world, I think. Yeah, because he owns... Um, I'm going to struggle to he's remember got a, the He's business. got a jerky brand. Yes, it is called... Wolf, Wolf Jerky. Yeah, and then he also has a tech brand as well, which I think is where, as an entrepreneur, he has been quite successful in the data sector. Yeah. Um, he has, he has also done great things. But I think where we want to talk about this now is relating to F1. He was the title sponsor for Haas Formula 1 team after in I think 2019 um, and now is no longer that sponsor after about a year. Um, however, has come back and said that he will be the title sponsor on a car in 2022, which let's see if that happens. Having a majority shareholder in a F1 team, non, no idea what that will be. Now, I think getting to the crux of the conversation here, because you can go and do your own research on William Story and Rich Energy, he is a very... Uh, What's the word I could use here? He's a very aggressive individual online in terms of his approach to PR and actually just representing the brand. Now, there are many stories and many things you can find from photoshopping himself onto a milk truck and calling it the Haas team when he fell out with Haas to insulting Red Bull um, owners and um, Christian Horner, the team principal of Red Bull. Um, there's many connections. What is your thoughts on the Williams story situation and Rich Energy? What do you think he's trying to achieve here? I think he's done a bit of a, a strange thing, which is kind of the polar opposite of what most businesses do, which is generate a huge quantity of hype, acquire fame, and then suddenly realize that there is a product that's needed to actually fulfill. Are you enjoying your water over there? Sorry, I hope no one heard that. I was just having a lovely glass of Hilden. I oh, apologise. Very civilised. <laughs> but what they basically did was, and like I watched uh, watched an interview of them basically say, yeah, we should have probably thought about the operations slightly more before we scaled the business to the, to the size and scale of like an F1 headline sponsor. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely an interesting order of which to operate, but he's, he's kind of the king of any publicity is good publicity. Like... Yeah, um, and I think, like, look, I, I've, I, I don't know William's story. I don't know anyone that works at Rich Energy. I don't know many people in F1. I have a few a few people that work for us who've done some work in the F1 space, but nothing, you know, no, no business or personal connections there. From my side, as, like, what I would say as an F1 fanboy, although I know not a lot about it, I just enjoy watching it, and that's all I really have to offer, and also a lover of businesses and operations, it all just seems a bit too bullshitty for me. It ruins a lot of the kind of like the like performance and feel of F1. Like F1 watching it, the reason why I like it is because you've got talent, you've got cars, which are obviously like mental levels of engineering and business and structure behind them. And loads, you know, a lot of the teams employ over 400 people. So the big businesses on a grid, crashing cars and racing around the track. Like there's so many elements for me that I enjoy other than just the drama and how fast the lap is. Um, and for me, William's story, his offering to F1 is just too disruptive, I think. It's too, it takes it above the level of where I think it should be. Now, there are loads of, you know, 
again, stories around his relationship with Haas from a business perspective, when he orig- originally signed a contract to be the main sponsor, he only paid 35 million of what was a 55, 60 million pound deal to them. So there's also this element of like, obviously we don't know behind the scenes. We don't know what if, you know, Haas were in the wrong, he was in the wrong, whatever it might be. But he never really helps himself in those conversations. And I think it gives an image of rich energy that it's not a reputable brand, unlike Red Bull, which has got so much reputation behind it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think what I think what he's tried to do and like all of the stuff that if you if you watch and read and research for yourself, you'll see what he tries to give over is this kind of like glamour and kind of sex appeal of F1 that it used to have when it was like cigarette and yeah. alcohol sponsors. It was like a Marlboro, F- um, McLaren and yeah, whatever so stuff. Because for those that don't know, cigarette sponsors used to be the yeah, biggest sponsors. Yeah, used to be Silk Cut Jaguar, used to be yeah. Marlboro, McLaren, And it was very rock and roll-esque, right? And it was yeah. very kind of like disruptive every single time. You, you think he's trying to bring that back into it? Well, yeah, because he, talk, he talks about how boring F1 is. And that's yeah. kind of the point on like, he'll just say anything to make a bit of a mm. make a bit of a soundbite for an interview because he tries to basically allude to the fact that it's like it's hybrid it's no longer v10s it's like no good sponsors it's all just random companies that no one's ever heard of um a big thing that he did with Haas was bring back the black and gold like iconic lotus livery which was again like just constantly hailing back to the old school way of it being and i do think like there are a few other like teams now like I think Lawrence Stroll's relatively old school in his approach to the whole the whole grid, yeah. um, and like his team acquisition and all of, all of those things, um, he's trying to just like spark up all of this kind of like old school um, like rivalry and, stuff, rivalry right? and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. So I think what he's trying to do is like fabricate all this noise around it, mm. um, and like competition amongst them and Red Bull and all that sort of stuff. But I think fundamentally it falls slightly short, especially when Haas were deeply uncompetitive yeah. throughout the back entire the grid, season, yeah. literally back of the grid the whole time. And then he's like going on Twitter and <laughs> putting his face on a milk float um, with a Haas logo. Like it is pretty unbelievable. Um, Cause he's, he's kind of had a long, like, like I said before, he's, he's tried to get into the sport before. And, and I always think with him and Rich Energy, what are you trying to achieve? Well, he, try, he tried to buy, for, for, like, for people that don't know, Force India, which is now Aston Martin Racing. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to pull a consortium of people together to buy that before they actually sold it to Lawrence Stroll, yeah. who is father of Lance, who is now an Aston Martin driver as well. Um, and that, that whole thing, supposedly, he, he, and he claims still that he had a bigger bid which begs the question, why didn't they sell it to Yeah, him? and but, but um, all, and again on that, like because I, I read a lot about that as well in terms of him trying to buy Force India in, in 2018, I think it was. Um, which, I'm to be honest, I'm glad didn't happen because I think what, what Lawrence Stroll has done coming into that team is he, again, elevating this level of F1. People that watch F1 and anyone that does watch a weekend, there are elements that are incredibly boring if you're not absolutely fanatic about every element and every technical aspect, whatever it might be. I get bored on some weekends. I'm just like, Hamilton's at the front, everyone else has crashed, this is the end of it, I'll turn it off and watch Friends. Like, there are elements of that, but what Lawrence Stroll has done is he's come in, he's trying to bring back Aston Martin, which I think has got so much heritage, and that's a brand that people are excited about for the right reasons. But he's also trying to bring in a certain, like, if you look, 
obviously Aston Martin are in 2021. He's bringing in different elements. He's bringing in more digital uh, marketing elements. He's bringing in the drive to survive thing a lot more. Like he's he's yeah. tailoring. Well, and he's things. like hired a world champion, which is also exactly cool to yeah. have done. But but in terms of that bid to win that team, when when uh, sorry William Stroll was kind of at the height of his Twitter. Uh, Explosion. Sorry, William Story was at the height of his uh, Twitter explosion. There was a lot of stuff going around about him saying, we've sold, I think it was like 500 million uh, cans worldwide. No one could buy a can at all. Like you could barely buy them in the UK online for a UK brand. And on Company's House, which isn't the most accurate thing in the world, they had 500 quid in the bank account. And 500 million cans is like what? One in 20 people in the UK, in the world have had one, whatever that mass works out to be. Like it's a, it's a lot of people that have had it and most people haven't even seen a can, let alone tasted it. So there are so many elements here where like, I think if you're going to come into a brand that's like F1, you need to have the backing behind you. But going back to what I was saying before, I don't really understand what Rich Energy were trying to get out of it because there are so many businesses that come into F1 for the right reasons. BWT, the water company, they came in and they've enabled corporate partnerships. They have the, you know, outside of COVID, they bring in corporate partners and there's, there's the elements around that. It's not just always about selling product like it is for maybe Red Bull, but what are Rich Energy actually trying to achieve? What is the approach that they're trying to get through? Well, I think, I think noise is like a metric that all brands will fundamentally care about because it's like, it's eyeballs, it's ears, it's whatever it is. And F1's always been very good at just generating noise because it is so well watched, so global. Um, all the sort of cash stakes in it are so high. Yeah. Um, I'll make a comparison, which is probably even more contentious in a minute. But um, they're like, I think what they fundamentally tried to do was make a big sort of like sound clap at the start of their, at their like effective market inception. Yeah. Like they'd obviously existed for however many years before they suddenly was just like there with a bang. William Story with his massive beard getting off a branded helicopter at mm. every race. Like yeah. it was all fairly ludicrous. Yeah. But it did make you look at it. Yeah. But then when you went to actually go and buy it, obviously we've just given we've given the example of like buying it online. But then they're only stocked in like, like relatively upmarket nightclubs and bars, yeah. like late bars and yeah, yeah. fairly seedy locations. Yeah. Um, and you then can, it's sort you of couldn't buy it at nine a.m. in the morning. No, like, you, can, you, you can't go to the it. petrol station and get it. Yeah. Like whatever. So everyone just started asking questions. Um, in amongst all of that, there was they were being sued for imitating their logo. Looks exactly the same as white. Yeah. Bikes. So like just really touching on that whole lawsuit, which I don't even know if it got paid out on for the. Don't know if they got paid out, but they definitely lost. But yeah, they definitely lost. They had a similar stag, which is where the Richmond Park thing comes into things. Um, again, we don't know if that's fully true. Um, but yeah, white bikes, who are a American business, I believe, um, they took them to court over the logos. And if you Google white bikes and, and rich energy, you will see they are exactly the same. Um, and white bikes has been around for a lot longer. It's almost impressive how similar they are. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it I blows my mind. Like, there's like two, I saw a tweet, which is like, literally it's, it's 200 pixels different in color. Like we like so we similar. we see a lot of logos come over the desk, and you can always say like, oh, it's quite similar to this, quite yeah. similar to that. But this is li a literal copy and paste jobby. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's not exactly uh, subtle, is no. the word. Um, so kind of diving into a little bit more about William's story and his relationship about how he represents um, Rich Energy. Going into the into the details, he resigned as CEO officially, according to Companies House. Um, it, the Rich Energy was then operated under as Lightning Bolt Limited. Then they opened up Rich Energy again, and there's no mention of William's story. So officially, at the moment, we don't even know if he's 
legally a part of the business from a director's or a shareholder or a CEO perspective. Um, but now he's obviously leaving the charge to come back in. What are your kind of like impressions of how damaging William's story could be for the potential that Rich Energy has and how much potential do you think Rich Energy has in their sector? That's a good question. I'm excited for this answer. I mean, I think he is, he's literally like kryptonite to virtually anything in the sense of like being a legitimate revenue driving yeah. profit making business like i think he's good at making noise like mm. kind of undeniably he's got his personal brand is highly recognizable yeah. and he's made rich energy famous for the wrong reasons but it is famous mm. um so arguably he's done quite a good job if they were able to just overnight fabricate a huge manufacturing facility and churn out tons of cans and get all the stockists which I mean, we know is not that easy to do. No. Um, having quite a few clients that operate in the F and B space, like it's really difficult to do that. Mm. Um, never mind the sort of level of competition there. Like yeah. Monster, Red Bull, like all of these big sort of incumbents are either massive or owned by like Coca Cola or whoever. Yeah, because so, there's, there's what Monster and Red Bull are both in F one in some capacity. Yeah, Monster's Red Bull, AMG. Yeah, Red Bull's got a team, but the Monster is still very much present. So and that they're not small entities at all. Like Red Bull is incredibly well like funded, um, and it's also regarded as like one of the great brands of the world, isn't it? Like, exactly. Yeah. It's how often is that referenced in terms of um, sort of good case study of of yeah. how to brand like getting across your why, all of those sort exactly, of yeah, typical things. So he he is fundamentally good at making noise, and like he he speaks in a way that's like slightly frightening in the sense that he sounds vaguely like he knows what he's talking about we watched one one interview where he said um he used the old coinage of re revenues vanity profit sanity <laughs> which is just an unfathomable thing to say when you literally have no distribution no. um and have plastered 35 million quid stickers onto the side of a failing f1 car that you've later dubbed a yeah. milk truck like it's unbelievable stuff to be fair like yeah. and it's pretty He's, he's like astonishingly arrogant, really. Mm. Like, um, I think what he seems like to me is just a super well-connected chap that yeah. like n sort of knows the ingredients to make a lot of noise. Because I would say as well, you, you cannot get like the F1 paddock, which, you know, again, for context for everyone, the getting your face into the F1 community, even from a business perspective, is it's hard. Is yeah. hard. So to even get in there, you you know, you can't just be friends with someone and get into a yeah. weekend and have it. You know, and he, was, he was the guest when he was going to, um, when Rich Energy were going to do a deal with Williams, who again at the back of the grid, he was the guest um, appearance at the, or like a, a, the British Grand Prix weekend. Mm. And that's like, even for Williams who are at the back of the grid and yes, they've got heritage. So there's a lot of like, you know, yeah, still yeah. a massive deal. That's really hard to do. And you can't fake that. Well, to be, to be known as like a big it. personality in, the, like a, in an F1 paddock is like a pretty ridiculous thing. Because yeah. like, think of the people that are there. Yeah. Um, like, is like egocentral of, of the world, basically. Yeah. And William Story is known as very egocentric, kind of arrogant, nutty guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but like, I think, I think going back to it and like the other comparison I was going to draw on was uh, Lannister. Um, God, but another one, on. just another brand that just has made far too much, far too much noise too soon. Like we've had clients in the past where we've said, and like we're dealing with clients at the moment who've outstretched themselves in the last 12 months yeah, because they didn't have like, let's say a big DTC offering. Yeah. They just didn't have the operational 
set up to do what they are now capable of doing as yes. a result of their marketing. Yeah. Grow, growing pains. Yeah, yeah basically growing pains. Yeah. But like, if you grow to be like, clearly they weren't as famous as Red Bull, but like Red Bull were definitely talking about you at their head office. Like the fact that they're there and they don't have a manufacturing facility that can accommodate the supply. They don't have distribution that can yeah. even get close to anyone understanding um, like what the product's about. And then if it costs 85 quid shipped to like a few of the key territories, like it is mental. And the Lannister example, like just another business that's just gone and made like chrome wrapped a five million pound car, rolled it around London with like every influencer in the world posting about it. Mm. And then they're not actually FCA regulated. Yeah. Half the influencers pull out. Yeah. And it still doesn't seem well, like it's, it's a real it's business. It's just another like, fire festival, isn't it? It's, like, it's just it is like, this kind of like so many smoke and mirror yeah. nonsense that I think do. what's different with Rich Energy though is there is someone so closely tied to it you know with the Lannister again for those that don't know have a, have a Google and you'll find out that story but it is just so closely tied to it and, and I often think like what's I'm always thinking what's going through Rich Energy's head but I'm also just like what what's the plan Mr. Story because like I, I genuinely want to know because I, I feel like there might be a bigger plan here I feel like there might be a bigger you know, he's raising his profile. That profile can then be slotted into a certain brands and people in 10 years will forget about this life and he will be extremely successful because he's rep- because he's got a reputation that's actually incredible. But at the moment, it's like, like you say, anything he touches, it just seems to be a bit chaotic and just a bit like, um, like because I think for F1, for me, the reason, like I was saying before, I don't really like it because I have this idea that F1 is, is very kind of clean and like there's obviously problems within the sport that always is from paid drivers to finances to whatever it might be but like for him he comes in and he really like shakes it up too much and i think that's where i'm just a bit like i get what you're trying to do because i agree again the sport can be boring there are elements of that but what what's your end goal like what's your what is your why what are you trying to be here for what's that what's the idea um and I, and I always think about that a lot because i i really hope there'll be like a wider plan released in the future i'd bet a lot of money that there isn't like I just don't see how. I don't think any other teams would want to associate themselves either, unless he well, was like apparently best mates. he'll be in there in twenty twenty two. Apparently, but unless he's like best mates for some reason, or got dare I say, it, got something over someone who he shouldn't do. Yeah, because also how I mean, he's back. The, the like, current the current claim that he's making within the sport is that he will have a majority stake in a twenty twenty two F one team. Yeah, and that's, that's because on video him saying that that is yeah, a, that is a and that's because in made. theory. A, a big investor has put a huge stake in Rich and whatever this new F1 team is. Exactly. But again, just to give clarity to people, to have a majority stake is like unheard of now. Back in the day, yes. And it's, you can grow, like, you know, a lot of stakes have grown up of Lawrence Joel being a prime example. There's, he's got a big stake in, in certain things with relating to F1. But for a new person to have a majority stake is just not, is not a thing. Like, like especially in a competitive not. car because there's like people like Gene Haas and yeah people like that but. so that's that's my other question for you really here especially from a brand perspective because we you know as as 303 we don't do any out of home we don't do any of this partnership stuff really um, it's not really our remit if Rich Energy wasn't on a Haas car and let's say it was on a midfield car let's go for a McLaren a Renault maybe even like a, what is now Alpine sorry um do you think it would be a different story? Do you think they would still be there? No, I think I, I just don't think they'd have even got there. Like, I think Haas 
as you would have seen in Drive to Survive, like Haas was really like scraping a barrel, like yeah. a car crashed and they were thinking, how the hell are we going to pay to re- repair that or get a new car? Yeah. Um, so I think it came, and that's kind of my point here. Like, I don't think there's that much space for any more kind of, let's call them poor because it's kind of hilarious that it's still owned by a billionaire, like yeah. poor F1 teams, mm. like without those, and there aren't that many of them left. Like there are teams that have less budget. Well, obviously. Haas is now at the bottom with, with- It is, but they're completely rebuilding for next year, I suppose, aren't they? So, of course, like, but financially, they're still at the bottom yeah, at this stage. Yeah, still at the bottom. So I don't know what the, because like to use, to use the phrase of a low hanging fruit, like mm. Haas would have taken anyone. Yeah as shown by the fact that they took <laughs> these muppets like <laughs> they would have taken anyone yeah and they did so like for a midfield team like i just don't like say they got onto it i, th- I just think they would have defaulted on the payment earlier um really yeah and maybe they would have been like i do think this is all more controversial as well because like the storm that was sort of brewing as a result of Hass's terrible performance mm. as well yeah like it was bad. It was really bad. It yeah. was bleak to watch. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, it got worse, but let's, let's not go into the politics of it. Yeah. Um, so kind of wrapping up the, the Williams story thing, which kind of leads us into the final section here, a personal brand associated with a business, how, how valuable do you find that? And especially with kind of the businesses we work with, um, what does that mean? Do you think it's changed? Do you think it's not as important anymore? Um, you know, we've got people like um, James Watt, founder of BrewDog, doing amazing things on platforms like LinkedIn, really elevating brands through his profile do you think it's vital for for a lot of businesses especially in the early phases do you think it's you know where do you think it sits for a lot of companies yeah i mean i i won't i won't profess to be like a an expert on personal branding by any stretch but i think it's something that um we've both become like massively more aware of yeah um in light of people coming into our lives saying that it is more important um i've always i've always felt like value in a face behind a brand like Mm -hmm um i think i think it can be really positive and i think yeah. people can for sure become associated and become customers of brands as a result of the people that either own them or run them mm. um and there are countless examples of that however there are quite a few good examples of the very opposite happening and like top level c-suite execs doing terrible things having affairs doing this that or other yeah and then like really damaging big brands and then I think to the to the point of like a startup, albeit a sort of stupidly well-funded one, like it can be, I think it's make or break, really. Like um, if you really hammer a personal brand as much as he has, mm. like he was Mr. Rich Energy, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so bad, bad Santa was his name. Bad online, Santa, yeah. Which was quite funny. Which was good. Um, I think Billy Bob Thornton would have been a bit <laughs> offended by that, to be honest. But um, he... I think like such a direct association is not, not like not in my in my book like the right thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of issues as well. Like to to get into Rich Energy's sort of example again, like presumably they're starting that business for an exit, just get super famous, yeah. have soup like a huge customer base, yeah, and then sod off. And then someone will pick it up. And then someone Red will pick up Red will buy it, yeah. Monster will buy it, yeah, Coca Cola yeah. or PepsiCo will buy it. Yeah. But like if you've got like bad santa just sat there literally calling everyone every name under the sun 
saying that everyone's a moron, saying that he's like everyone else is because he's overstepped the line a few times. Like he's been, like, like he's, he's, he's taken it way above. Yeah, British he's not like he's said things that are genuinely just sort of objectively bad things to say. Yeah. So at that point, and like most businesses have some idea that, that, that one day they'll want to sell it or yeah, you know, they move on or what, whatever it will be. There's sometimes a plan in place. Doesn't seem like he necessarily has one, but. I think when there's a personal brand so closely attached to a brand that's w- like looking to be sold, yeah, it's just difficult because it's hard to argue where one brand finishes and the actual, sorry, the personal brand finishes and where yeah. the actual brand starts, yeah. which I think is something that you could envisage with quite a few things. Like when Steve Jobs left Apple, hmm. the whole thing went to absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there are that's not necessarily the exact same example here. I think if he left Rich Energy, now it's so well known and they just started up a big enterprise that could actually churn out cans. Mm. The story could almost be like, oh, that's that ridiculous can that was on the side of an F1 car, I'll try it. Because um, also, but, like again, going back to the plan, just sort of jumping in, I still think that could be the plan. Like it could be, it comes out again in two years time, it's slightly reinvented and it's flipping everywhere and everyone goes, I remember that. We've not even touched on my favorite rumor. What was your favorite? My favorite rumor out of all of this was that anyone that has tried it has said it tastes really like Red Bull. Yeah. And my favorite rumor is that it literally is decanted Red Bull <laughs> <laughs> into a different thing. So they've literally started an energy drink man, sponsored an F1 team, stolen their liquid, and put it in their cans that have got a stolen logo on them. Like that I mean, for me is it would perfect. Be, it would be a brilliant story. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's. Again, maybe it's just on it as an elaborate like prank. it could be Who yeah knows? maybe it could just be. hates christian horner i don't i don't know literally could be that um okay cool well any 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 final comments he, he is not well <laughs> he's not well i enjoy him though like i think drive to survive like f1's brilliant like most industries are but f1's very like public yeah it's like how how many teams is it 10 11 teams whatever it is just like 11 10 sam I got, how how okay i think it's 10 there's 20 cars maybe it used to be 11 anyway it, it's 10 it's just 10 massive organizations letting everyone into their sort of like the back end of the business like you wouldn't see like google facebook twitter and whatever else mm. like just going oh yeah just come and like film all of the like like when Gunter from Haas is like going around saying we've got a mad bad Santa charging around saying we've we've got a milk float for a one car, it's unbelievable. Like it's yeah. literally the most. It's part of the circus. The, like everyone always says, F one's a circus. It's part of that. Is it the right way to do it? I don't know. I, I think he's m- like mental in in all the weird reasons that he is. Like I feel like there might be an underlying plan. I'm excited to see what it might be. I'm excited to see if he comes into sport. I think he probably needs a bit of a PR team just to understand how it all works. I think you should skip PR and just go straight for a crisis management specialist. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because the eventuality, problem. like... There's going to be a milk there's float. Gonna be more. There will be a milk float going around the circuit if we're not careful with, like, all sorts of principles. He's the sort of guy that, like, had he got AMG and Lewis had come second, he'd be like, milk float. Like, that's yeah. how mental it is. Yeah, like, it is. just... No, it's amazing. Well, thanks very much for listening. Jamie, thanks for coming on. It's been a, it's been an insightful chat for an afternoon. Um, again, thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. If you do want to give the podcast a rating or review, please do. Um, and yeah, we'll be back soon with some more crazy stories, I'm very sure. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye.